Welcome to Three Men and a War Game. I'm Paul, and I'm still painting Infinity. Hey, I'm Kevin, uh, and I am not painting Infinity at all. I'm done painting Infinity. And I'm now. And I'm Potter, and I'm about to build Infinity. And as as we uh, segue into our topic, that's going to help a lot because we're talking about hobby tools. And I'm going to be using a lot of them building these uh, these Infinity models. Hobby yeah. tools. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. Hobby tools are good. Hobby tools. So that's what we're talking about today. Tools of the trade, uh, including maybe some tools that you might not be using or might not be thinking about using. Yep. And tools you probably should be using. Yeah. But first off, how have those tools been helping you guys out in your hobby progress? Uh, pretty good, actually. I, uh, I've been putting some, some um, fun tools like uh, toothpicks and thumb depressors uh, to use today, making some water bases for my Kings of War army, sculpting some waves. Nice. Uh, nice. So that's what I've been working on, really, is working on the next set of my uh, Trident Realm army for Kings of War. Also, uh, working on my Valkyrie model for Crisis Protocol, and I painted uh, five Gene Stealer cults in about two hours of total hobby time, which is feeling pretty good, actually. Nice. God, I hate you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you, Paul? What you been up to? Uh, well, painting Infinity, and uh, I ad added a new tool to my uh, repertoire this week. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, I got myself a wet palette, um, which is super exciting. Uh, picked it up end of last week, but finally popped it open yesterday, and uh, just kind of messing around with it, learning it, figuring it out, seeing what it can do. Very cool. And so far, it's been interesting. A lot is the answer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we'll I think we'll get into that a little bit more depth as we talk about uh, our topic today. Yeah, most likely because it's a it's a pretty good tool. Yep. So uh, for me, I've been uh, kind of lax this week. I did find uh, my uh, Vanguard Space Marines that I bought when they first came out. You know, what a year ago, two years ago, whenever those models came out. Um, right. So I've been building it been that long. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute. So, um, bought, I've built the snipers and I've built the lieutenant out of that kit, and then I've been waiting for a lot of uh some materials to come in via Amazon and stuff uh, for my airbrush, uh, some new cleaners, some gloss varnish stuff like that that I need. Um, so I've got it. It'll the last of it will be here tomorrow, so I'll be able to start trying to make some more headway onto these model these uh, space marines as well as my uh pano pano now that i've got my uh Kultstrom kit so i'll got a ton of infinity to build as well too sweet it's gonna be a busy time awesome i'm looking right. forward to it i'm looking forward to someday actually being able to play with you with them which ones the marines or the uh the pano yes <laughs> <laughs> the appropriate answer Yes, uh, I'm. I'm just anxiously awaiting to get out there and be able to to give all this stuff a go. Yeah, yeah man, you'll be able to use those affinity models to play some Star Breach or possibly uh, Grimdark Future, the firefight version with uh, with Potter's Space Marines and his Infinity stuff. Yep, uh, I'll have some uh, neck rounds for that as well, oh, right? Because yes. I have I have a ton of them. Cool. So, guys, main topic: uh, hobby tools of the trade. So, we kind of want to make an episode where. Uh, we can talk about some things directed at new hobbyists, maybe some experienced hobbyists as well, uh, things that you might not have, things that you do with them that might be unorthodox, um, and just in general, stuff you should have around your hobby desk that will help you with things, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so some obvious we're going to talk about and some not obvious because we want, you know, we want to give a, a good, well-rounded piece of advice here. So let's like a, like a cup of water, which I'm going to go get. There you go. Yeah. A cup of water is, yes, that is something you should probably have. Uh, and to dip in that paint, that, that water, the thing in every hobbyist arsenal in this hobby, paint brushes. 
So there's all sorts of paintbrushes. If you're just getting into the hobby, it can be pretty intimidating. Uh, it's really easy to just uh, cop out and buy some Citadel brushes. I would advise against it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little overpriced. They're fine. And they'll get you through your first, you know, however many models. Well, maybe a lot of models, depending on how good it care you take at the brushes. But uh, let's talk a little bit about what you actually should be looking for. Um, and there's a lot of debate about synthetic and natural hair brushes. I think there are pros and cons to both sides. I prefer natural hair brushes. I use natural hair, acrylic, size zero or size one brushes. Uh, Potter, I don't know. How do you feel? Where you're another person who cares a lot about this. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've found that the best use of my brushes that I've gotten have been synthetic ones. Um, and I am at the same point. I, I go for, I mainly paint actually with a uh, size two brush is my, my main go-to one. Uh, the size ones when I'm getting into that, fi- that finer detail and I'll use a size three as well too, more for just kind of base coating large areas. So yeah. I stay the, I, I stay to the one to the one to three range of the size yeah. of the brushes. And I go, z- See, I, I always like the one. Yeah. Yeah, one's kind of that sweet spot. Yeah, oh, two, I don't know. Two and three are good for base coating for sure. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. I mean, the the Windsor New Number Two, the size two, I think is actually t- kind of actually technically smaller than I think most like the the Da Vinci's or the uh, the Rosemary uh, and Co. I think the Windsor ones are the number twos are slightly smaller than theirs. So I think that's probably why I like the number two because the number two I use the Windsor Newton. Um, so I probably maybe going into those other brushes might go into a one like you guys are talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, getting into that, um, what brand, I mean, we mentioned a couple brands. Um, what are you using Paul brand wise? Uh, right now I'm using army painter. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and even though I had some trouble with them that I've talked about on the show, uh, initially, uh, they're starting to hang out pretty well. And, and now I'm getting to the point where I'm happy with them. They're, they're not, you know, fraying after after a single use. So whatever bad batch I got, uh, it's not a permanent problem. Nice. Uh, I'm using. Yeah. Our- oh, go ahead. Uh, and I was. I mean, I was just going to say. So for for right now, I'm really happy with how they're they're going for me. Cool. Yeah, I use Artist Loft Vienna, which are it's uh, you can get them at Michaels, uh, and then also Rosemary and Co., which I ordered direct. Um. Yeah, how how so, was that uh, shipping wise for you? Because I was looking at uh, ordering direct from as well. Because I know it's it's hard to get those here in the states sometimes. Not not cheap, but they're good brushes. I just I ordered a bunch at a time, right? I, I ordered two of each, uh, zero one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it helped offset the price, and the shipping's not bad, right? Because it's a lightweight package, but it's still international shipping, right? So. Yeah, I was looking at those or the the Broken Toad uh, ones as well. But then um, there's a Kickstarter actually going on right now. Uh, Squidmar. Yeah, Squidmar. Uh, he's a YouTube painter. Um, he has actually been working with Da Vinci, and he has made uh, his own line of brushes. And I think it was like 53 uh, – I think 53 bucks uh, for the Kickstart. I think it was – I think it was like 500 uh, whatever his currency is, is uh, this, uh, I think he's Swedish. Swedish kroners. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, so I think it's like 53 bucks and you get, I want to say it's either three or four brushes. And then the next pledge up is, uh, I think it's around $70 there for that one. And that one gives you, I believe five brushes because it gives you two additional brushes. So if the, if the main, the smaller pledge is three brushes, then that gives you five. If it's four brushes, it'll give you six. Um, cause I do know it's just the, the 900 one is plus two. So I actually been thinking about grabbing those cause they're, they're not, uh, Kalinsky. They're, it starts with a T. Um, hmm. To- Tobolinsky's, uh, I think it was Tobolinsky sable brushes. So they are synthetics, um, but I do know Da Vinci's Those a are, good. The, if it's if it's a that that sounded like a natural hair, um, which yeah. would be better. Right? I'm pretty sure on the Kickstarter it said it is a synthetic. I'm I'm pulling oh. the Kickstarter up right now. Neat. But, um, you know, so they're and if anybody knows anything, Da Vinci's out of uh, Germany, and they're a very well received, well, uh, highly reputable uh, paintbrush company. Either way, that's really cool. And for the higher end paint brushes, twelve to thirteen bucks per brush is actually pretty uh, pretty normal. Yep, I think that's a very uh, very 
good price for high quality brushes. Um, so yeah, very, very, very cool. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to add, Paul, about the brushes at all? No, I think, I think that about covers it, uh, honestly. <laughs> uh, although, although, you know what? I will say I've used the artist loft ones that you're, you were talking about and I've liked those in the past too for a, an expensive brush. Yeah, they're very nice. Very, very nice. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on to our next topic, uh, which is what you should be – with the actual act of painting miniatures, right? Like when you're holding a miniature, there's something to be said for having plinths around. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. Um, it's uh, – I think it comes – it's very obvious. I think a lot of people will be like, duh, of course you need that. But like it's, it's a thing that if you've never used one before and you're used to – I'm not – I just think there are people out there that are holding their bases. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I did that for a long time. Yeah, I was like, man. I'm one of them. I mean, I, I started, you know, painting miniatures probably when I, – well, I've been playing since I was 12, but I didn't really start painting my own miniatures until I was like 18. And from 18 till about whenever GW put out their ergonomical plinth is how long I was holding bases. And that's, you know, that was what, maybe three years ago, four years ago, they put that product out. Yeah. If you're doing that, stop it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Do uh, yourself okay, a favor. Jordan. Go buy, go buy cork. You can make your, make your own plinths by just buying some like big cork from Michael's or any other kind of craft store. Buy yourself one of these special ones. Uh, there's a there's one I know that uh, there was a Kickstarter a while ago. Uh, I think Epic Duck uses it, it and it it spins. Yeah, so those you, are great. But let's yeah. not let's not kid ourselves. If you're in the U.S., you probably have some pill bottles, guy. Yeah, I know it. Uh, <laughs> and a, <laughs> a really easy thing to do uh, with a especially like a Walgreens pill bottle. Uh, what I like to do is just just throw a bunch of metal shit in there, like a bunch of screws and bolts to weigh it down. Um, and then you put some poster tack on it and you can stick your bases right on there. And I don't care how big your fucking meat hooks are, man. You can hold on to that bad boy. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to one-up you even more because it's something that we all have. Old paint pots. Yeah, yeah I was about to say. Pots. got old GW paint pots laying around there. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, if you've ever I've seen been... my pictures, that's all I use for plinths is my, uh, I've my used the... OG... What's what? What I think is even better than the old old school uh, blacktop GW paint pots is the current uh, P3 paint. That's pots. what I was about to say. Is I've used the the P3 ones because they're larger. Um, so if if you've got any of the coat arms uh, ones before uh, Citadel transferred out of that one, if you want to talk about old paint pots, those would work good too. Those are about the same size as the P3 ones. Yeah, the P- yeah, those are the ones that that Chops uses. Yep. Yep. Those are um, good ones. They're awesome. They are mad awesome. Uh, yeah, I've, but, I've used that, and I've just I've used just plain gone to Michaels, bought some cork, and drilled a pin into the model, and boom, there you go. But honestly, the amount of control you get from having the model on a plinth is just non replaceable. Yep. Yep. Uh, so if you're not doing that, oh, please do it. Uh, it's just it's a, a bottle or something life. and some poster tack. Uh, and that covers poster tack. I will say, I don't know if you guys have any advice. I don't. It's. You know, because there's a lot of different companies that make tack. Um, and I like the Loctite Blue Tack. I feel mm-hmm. like that stuff yep, that's what is I like – That one the, – the, uh, some of the other ones like stick and have residue and they're hard to get off. But I've never had an issue with the the Loctite Blue Tack. It's like just tacky enough for stick to stick to it. But it doesn't like come off when you're peeling the models off of it. Yeah, I use um, – so I went out to – uh, Home Depot and just grabbed a ton of uh, paint stirrer sticks, mm-hmm. and I just I, I slapped too. slapped blue blue tack on that and put my models on there. And back when I used before I got an airbrush, when I rattle cam prime, that's what I would put my models on and just have a whole so I could do a whole ten man squad on that paint stick. All of them uh, tacked down by blue tack. I have probably maybe replaced the blue tack. Maybe after five you, five times of pulling up, putting down models. Oh, um, I, I'll say mine last. The, the, it'll last even longer than that. You just you just got to refold it. Maybe maybe it's me being a little bit lazy, not refolding. But yeah, I mean, it, you get some good use out of it. Uh, one of the other things I use Blue Tack for is uh, if I want to do sub assemblies, but I still want to play with my models. 
blue tack is an excellent way of like making sure like like that head or that gun arm is on there so you can do your sub assembly painting and not have and to worry about losing yeah, yeah not, well test fitting and not losing that piece when you're still playing with that model for sure yeah it's really and good that, that was the other thing i was going to add about blue tack and you kind of touched on it there chris is the uh infamous like three or four point gun arms right you know, where you, you, each arm is separate and then you're still trying to match up the gun. Mm-hmm. So, using some blue tack to help figure out exactly how that's going to line up. Yep. Uh, that'll that'll help your life. Uh, a lot. Do, uh, using small amounts of it as well, too, if you pin models for like if you're using metal models, you could do the same thing. When you drill in one side, put a small amount of blue tack on it, line up the, the model and then press in with where you've already pinned. Put in like your pin on the other side, and now you've got a perfect location to where you start your drilling on the other side, so you don't get anything off a of skew or anything like that. Absolutely, and then and then and then real quick, I don't. I'm um, uh, since you brought up Loctite, mm-hmm. uh, the Loctite gel super glue. Yeah, can't live with that. Let's talk about glue because mm-hmm. glue is a contentious issue. I think. Uh, it yeah. can be. It, can, it very much can be. Yeah. Like people are like like pitchfork and and tiki torch ready to go after <laughs> yeah, you if and, you don't use their glue. And I feel like I, so I use a series of different glues. Um, and what I'll say is for pure assembly, I use Loctite Gel Control Super Glue, yep. uh, which is it's what Paul's talking about. It is the best. It comes out pretty thick, and it also does a pretty good job holding. And the it's got I think it's a seven second cure time not total cure but seven seconds to when you can stop holding it's uh yeah it's it's, so it's a little fast right and you want to test fit because it'll once you glue something down it can be kind of a bitch but it's also really easy to work with uh and Mm -hmm. it does a little bit of work filling gaps yep um it's and the, the 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 thing for me kevin the reason why i love it so much is that i'm usually a mess when it comes to gluing mm-hmm. so inevitably if i use a liquid glue i don't realize it but it's running down the side of the model regardless of how little i try to put on there and then i'm glued to the damn thing yeah yeah you can have mm. that oh i mean that's and so the and that's why i like the gel because it stays in place i mean my fingers are covered in super glue right now because i so unlike you guys i've never used the loctite stuff um i know well that's not that's not true i've used it paul like when i borrowed it off you for a you know a broken mini at the store but my my assembly i mean honestly i just go with usually whatever's at the hobby store because that's where i'm at and for the most part the there's going to be two super glues you're going to or one super glue really now since gw really doesn't promote their super glue anymore um is you know just the the zappa gap stuff um that's what i use for my super glue because it's just at my hot my local gaming store and i just grab what they got they carry Loctite, this Loctite glue at Home Depot, Michaels, Walmart, and I grocery think stores. And grocery yeah, stores. Grocery stores. So you, too. you can I've get it anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but I will sell. I will say though that the other one, and it's a. This is a piece of my hobby kit that's pure gold, and I've talked about my emergency kit before, and it's also my emergency kit, and that's Tamiya Thin Cement, plastic cement. Mm-hmm. Uh. You'll know it because it comes in a bottle, looks like a nail polish bottle, and it has a brush applicator. Um, and this stuff is purpose use for me, and that is for erasing thin lines in plastic. So hmm. if you've got um, like joins in plastic models, that's a th- it's a thin join. Like it's almost it's so thin that if you were going to use uh, like green stuff, you'd have to roll it out flatten it on and then like sand it down with a fire file it down you can literally use tamia on it and the gap will disappear oh that's good to know because i've like i said these i got these eliminators and since they're the easy to build models um they the cloaks have those have seam lines in them so i was i was going to green stuff them and just Again, same kind of thing. Just smooth it down. But now I'll I'll definitely take a look. There's a I found a plate. One of our local stores actually carries Tamiya product line. So now I'm going to check that out. Yeah, I would I check it say, out. Hangar 18 probably yep. has that. You want to be a little careful because the reason it works is because it melts the plastic, right? Well, uh, well, that's what all plastic cement does. It's a chemical yeah. reaction that melts the plastic. Yeah, but those small gaps will just dis- disappear. They're just gone. See ya. 
Yeah, so there yeah. so there's another there's another question for glue for you guys as well too. You know, when building plastic models, plastic cement or super glue? Super glue. Super glue for all assembly. I yep. always Rock tight gel, baby. Yep. Yep. Uh, every single every single piece of assembly for metal mm-hmm. models, I, if there are heavy pieces, I will combine that with pinning. Um but that's it. I never mess with two-part epoxy. Um, it's just well, I mean, you can you there are some tricks you can do with super glue, but really just some just super glue and a and a uh, a pin will help for uh for heavy pieces. But yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, see, I, I used to be a plastic glue guy with plastic models, but I've I've been moving over away from it and uh just doing super but glue. I don't now. have the patience for it. <laughs> See, I used the GW uh, plastic cement, and it really didn't. I I could, I really could just set the models together and just put them down, and then leave them alone, and they like they would just they wouldn't move, they wouldn't anything. I never had an yeah, issue. Welcome, welcome to using Loctite gel. Yeah, Loctite gel the same way. Yeah, well, I'll have mm-hmm. to look at that with these Infinity models then. Uh, you'll have to you'll have to probably let it let it hold it together a little bit longer. Um, so one of, one of, and one of the other tricks that you can use is if you file where it's gluing together. Yeah, uh, it'll, it'll go together a, a lot quicker as well. Yeah, okay. I actually use a drill bit tip, like a really thin drill bit tip, and I just like yep. scrape on the gotcha. inside yep. to break I've, the I've surface. Even, I've even used an X-Acto knife to cut into it yep. a little bit, That'll like make an X it. out of it just yep. to create a little extra grip. Yep. Huh, okay. And once you do that, man, you get a real solid bond. Um, especially on some of those joints where the, like, it's, they're like keyed together and it's just flat, almost polished metal. You want to mar it mm-hmm. up. So the super glue has places to reach into. Right. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So that's, that's super glue, but I want to talk about one other adhesive, uh, that is a just wondrous little thing. Uh, and that is E6000. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I said I always use super glue in assembly, but I will also combine super glue with E6000 where I have a very – that's another – if you don't want to uh, pin, uh, you can use E6000. So, if you've never used E6000 before, E6000 is basically an industrial strength bonding agent. Um, it smells like absolute shit. Uh, that's <laughs> how you know it works. Um <laughs> It is ter- – it's terrible. Um, but it is also the strongest adhesive. Like it, it makes an almost permanent unbreakable bond uh, once you've used it. And just if you need some proof on it, go – I mean, I'm sure you I mean, you could go look at cosplay videos because cosplayers use E6000 on their uh, outfits. It's like almost the adhesive of choice for uh, making cosplay stuff. And that stuff has to be swung around and worn and hold up through conventions. So it's like no joke adhesive. I use it for assembly, but I also use it for mag- magnets. And we'll talk about that a little bit later when we actually get into magnets. But E6000 is, a, I think, something that every hobbyist should have um, just because when you need something a little bit stronger, uh, there is no substitute for it. It is incredibly powerful. Very cool. Uh, and then there's also the uh, last and off overlooked PVA glue. Mm-hmm. Now, guys. Yeah, you need that for your bases. Boy, you sure do. Uh, PVA glue, because it dries clear, um, is so useful for so many things. All my bases, uh, I, I glue down. I just I water down PVA like 50-50. So, I'll put a little PVA into a pallet well and then I'll put about as much water as I put glue and then you just mix that up into a slurry and that stuff will glue anything to – like if you've got basing material, that stuff will just stick everything down, permanently adhere it and disappear. Yep. yep, it's yep. it's great stuff. I used uh, tacky glue for the same for the same stuff for a while, but not for to create the slurry. Just more for when I was you know doing big chunks of sand with stuff with that at a little bit uh, larger uh, like rocks and and seashells seashells and stuff like that in that in it. So that it got a little bit of a stronger bond doing it that way. Well, and because PVA is actually where everyone else calls it in the world, <laughs> it's not really actually called that in the U.S. It's just a thing we all throw around. We're talking about Elmer's white glue. Right. Yep. Just yep. plain old white glue or wood glue. Wood glue is, is also PVA. Um, 
it's the yeah, it, but what what you're buying your kids for school and yeah. you're going into you know the local you know Walmart or Target and you're spending mm-hmm. seventy nine cents for a tiny bottle yeah. that's going to last you six years. Or if you're like me, you spent eight fifty on a gallon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that's commitment I will, there. I well, so I, I make a lot of terrain, uh, and for in my terrain making, we'll probably do a terrain episode at some point. I have a spray bottle that has a seventy five twenty five mix the 75% water 25% PVA that I use for spraying down and sealing terrain that's why I have a gallon <laughs> yeah that's quite a, that's uh, yeah, quite we'll a bit we'll go through that but that's also you know if you're making bases and you're gluing cork to stuff yep. PVA all the way 100% um, until you're putting you, the model on it then you want some super glue but to get it yeah, on the and, base yep and if you're building like uh, if you if you bought some some nice Tinker Turf terrain or you're assembling Infinity Train and you want it to be permanently glued, PVA is your jam. Uh, it's just the way to go. And clamps. If you're gonna do if you're gonna do Tinker Turf, you want some clamps. 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 That's another. So clamps are another tool of the trade that I had listed. And there's actually other reasons you want clamps. Um, so clamps. <laughs> All right. So I'll tell you the main, the main thing I use clamps for. So Potter talked about sub assemblies and I don't paint in some assemblies that often. I prefer to just glue whole models together and paint, paint it however the fuck it went together. Um, but sometimes that's more trouble than it's worth and you have to paint in sub assemblies. So what I do with sub assemblies is I will put a big, so I get a, a paper clip, right? And I unfold the paper clip and I put a big ass glob of poster tack at the end of it. And then I stick whatever my sub assembly is on that. And then on the other side of the paper clip, clamp. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the clamp just is sitting on your table. And when you need to paint the sub assembly, you pick up the clamp like a plinth. Right. Uh, and you manipulate it. So clamps are good for a holding things down while you're PVA gluing them. Uh, and they're also great for sub assembly manipulation. So if you don't have a good set of clamps, uh, most hardware stores, like you can buy like a plastic tube full of plastic clamps for like $3. Yeah. See, I've never, yep. I've never done that. I've always just stuck the pin into some blue tack or some cork. Oh no. I use a, I use a clamp because you can hold the clamp. Right. Well, the cork I hold. What do you mean? The cork I put it in would be kind of like plinth shaped, so that would you know I could hold it that way ergonomically. Does it does it balance well? That's my, that would be my concern. Uh, the, the nice the nice thing about the clamp is it won't it won't tip over ever, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, if obviously if it's a big chunk of metal or a huge ch- piece of plastic, yeah, you've got some issues. But I'm usually when it's sub assembly and I'm putting stuff like that, it's more the smaller pieces like heads, guns, you know, ha- swords, hand pieces, stuff that's going to be in the way of me painting the detail behind it. So it's usually smaller. Sure, sure. But yeah, clamps. Buy some clamps. Yeah. They're good. Yeah, clamps. <laughs> uh, Everybody watch Futurama. <laughs> another and we're not really talking about terrain making now but a hot glue gun goes a long way in terrain making too mm. so hot glue is also another type of glue and a, a, a toolkit in a hobbyist art arsenal that we'll talk about later um but let's um let's move on to our next thing for the that every hobbyist should have and that is a pallet whether that yes. is a plastic well pallet or a wet pallet and really both because there are lots of hobby products now where you're going to want both. So if you're ever using inks or shades or uh, contrast paint, um, a wet palette's not really a good. It's not really good use of your wet palette to put those kind of things on there. Um, so then you want a well palette. And what we're talking about by a well palette is a piece of plastic that's got like the bottom of an egg shape, uh, six to twelve times in it for putting paint in it. Uh, you can usually pick them up for between 50 cents and a dollar from hobby stores. So I, I mean, I've got a few of them and then every once in a while I have a really fun exercise where you can peel like a whole sheet of paint out of one because that's just, my favorite thing ever. <laughs> they just get paint all over them. Like a, like dragon armor, like dragon scales. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just peel yep. the paint out of it. Like a sheet. It's pretty awesome. Um, it's like the reward for painting a bunch of models. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's that's that. But also wet palettes. So Paul, you're just getting into wet palette. Why don't you talk about it? Because right now you're fiercely enamored, and you're the right person to talk about what the application of a wet palette is and what you've seen from it thus far. All right. So basically, the wet palette. The idea of it is that it keeps your paint wet, 
so it doesn't dry out as quick. So you don't end up with those uh, chunks of paint to pull out of your palette like like Kevin was talking about. Um, but what it what it allows you to do is it allows that paint to last a bit longer because it is it is staying damp and and all it is is basically a sponge with some water in the sponge and a piece of parchment paper over it and then water is able to pass through the parchment paper into your paint. Um, so it also thins it a bit too, which is kind of a nice touch. So it goes on real smooth. And the other thing that it's really good for, since it since it stays wet, it's really good for if if you're into mixing your own colors. Um, you can do that on on there. And if you're using dropper bottles, you can you can get the exact amount of paint that you want. And you know that you're doing five and one, or you know nine and one or five and five. So, so you can get those real exact things and then just stir it up right there on the, on the parchment paper and uh, you're good to go. And if you don't use it all, you close up your wet palette, put it off to the side. And tomorrow when you start painting again, you don't have to mix new paint. And that's what really turned me on to it is that I got tired of thinning paint. And doing it every time I sat down. Yeah. And like being able to preserve your blends through like a week of painting a unit. So nice. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. And there's, and there's all different ways that you can go about doing a wet palette. (laughs) There's lots of tutorials on YouTube for how to make your own. Oh, Mm -hmm. I can, I can walk you through that because that's my, that's my little trick. And yeah, exactly. And Potter's been using his own for quite a long time with your Chinese takeout container. Yeah, it's, I mean, literally it's just any kind of Tupperware container that's got, so you can seal it um, and you, and just obviously make it so it's not like, you know, a big bowl, like do something that's got a, a shallow, uh, a shallow bowl or something like that. Um, and it's just, it's just folded up napkin that you lay at the bottom of it with parchment paper. I mean, I've, I'm working on the same roll of parchment paper that I bought when I started this, this hack. And it was, I started doing this hack maybe four or five years ago because I used to use the, the privateer press, uh, set that they had. And I just got tired of, of buying the sheets of paper from them. So I was, somebody was like, Hey, just grab some parchment paper. I'm still on the same roll. It's been years. Um, and that's all I use it for. So then you just put that in it, throw your water in it, and again dump it out once you you know, find your find your level that you need of your water, and boom, you're good to go. Now, downside of it is these ones that you can buy off the internet, they're typically much larger, so you have a lot more a lot more of a workspace to work with. Uh, with these. Uh, the one I'm using, obviously it's much smaller. So you, you will go through things a little bit faster. Um, and then, or, and you have, it's, you have a higher risk of mold in the, uh, in the tub as well too, because it is not getting a, a, as good of a seal as you can get from one of these ones, like the army painter one, like you got Paul or the everlasting, uh, wet palette. That's a very popular one out there or the P3 one as well too. Um, so you do run that risk of that mold in, in the, in the hack. Yeah, I just measured well, mine. Mine's seven by eight and a half inches, so it's a pretty big workspace. Right. Yeah, yours that that one, the, the master's one is it seems to be pretty large. Um, but the other thing too, Chris, is if you're if you're concerned about mold, especially if you have like well water, mm-hmm. um, using buying a gallon of distilled water for like eighty cents. Oh, I, I have distilled water because uh, that's what I use in my airbrush. Yeah, that's 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 the way to go, I think. And then the other thing that I saw people saying is that uh, put some copper in your well, uh, in your in your container that the sponge is sitting mm-hmm. in, and apparently that helps. So, like, if you have a penny, that's actually a copper penny uh, that works. Or if you have a little bit of copper wire, put that in there. And apparently, copper is just naturally antimicrobial, and it helps. Did not know All that. Right. I didn't know that either. Good tip. So that's the wet palette. Yep. All right. Yeah, and 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 so far, uh, after what two days of using it, I've really been enjoying it. Very nice. All right. So another essential piece of hobby kit for me is a set of small drill bits and a pin vise. Yes. So if you've never heard of a pin vise, a pin vise is a hand drill. Mm-hmm. Um, has very small drill bits. 
and what you're going to use that for is uh, basically drilling into your model to make, when we say pinning, what you're doing is you're drilling into your model and then you're using a piece of like a brass rod or in my case, I just use paper clips. I mm-hmm. unfold paper clips and cut them with flush cutters and that's what I use and that's for bracing things like you can attach an arm to a torso on a metal model or you can basically permanently affix a model to a base. Because okay, Kevin, can I get you to go back one second? Mm-hmm. What type of cutters? Flush cutters. Flush with a U, right? Yes. Okay, because it sounded like you said flesh cutters. Oh, no. <laughs> flush cutters. I, I wanted to be very clear on what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, so there a flush cutter is a, a, a cutting tool that cuts a completely straight cut. <laughs> So not a bevel cutter or a cutter that cuts an edge. It cuts a straight, straight through. Uh, Yeah. And And definitely not a steak knife. Not a steak (laughs) knife. No, it's a, it's a serious, it's a cutting tool. You can get them uh, for lots of reasons for cutting wire. There's a ton of reasons to have flush cutters, but you can get them at hobby stores too. Not flesh, flush. <laughs> um, and also just a set of small drill bits. And um, that again is useful. I found for um, making holes for magnets. Mm-hmm. Whether you're magnetizing arms or what have you, having magnetize? a set, having a set, what? Magnetize. I was waiting for it. <laughs> Having a set of drill bits uh, really helps to, to be able to drill in to exactly the size of the magnet so that you can place your magnets in for magnetization. And you're not going to be using an electric drill because you would drill right through your model. You just by hand twist it, which is mm-hmm. onerous. Yeah, it could, you can get a hand crap pretty quick uh, doing that, but yeah. Um, but it's worth it because mm-hmm. you only have to do it once and then your model is real nice. It's um, nice and sturdy. So, that's a pin vise and uh, and and um, drill bits. So, do you guys use those tools? Uh, yep, definitely. The drill bits only usually use more when I'm working with metal models, uh, but you know everything else use on a daily basis. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, another one, and this is going to be something that you might not think to buy, um, but it, next time you go to the craft store, buy a putty sculpting kit. Um, sculpting kits are invaluable for doing things like working with, uh, green stuff, for example, and not just for sculpting out of green, uh, green stuff, but if you need to fill a gap and then scrape away the green stuff that's excess, there's nothing better than a sculpting kit for it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree with that. See, I've never Um, actually done that one. I've, I've got the, the individual, like model you know sculpting tools i've never actually thought about getting the scraper for it that's a good call yeah buying a sculpting kit's awesome uh because there's like you can get you know it comes with like contoured tools and all sorts of tools that are good for pulling that stuff out where you don't want it yep Uh, and not marring the surface around it right it's just really 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 useful so a sculpting kit big deal also files guys Mm -hmm. buy a set of files um for mold line removal, uh, for – I mean, that's really what it's for. Also, um, when Paul was talking about marring the surfaces of metal to make a good surface for super glue, uh, it's another place where files are real, yep. real, real good. Yep. And then the other option for that, like I said earlier, is an X-Acto yep. knife, right? Yep. Um, you can you can use that to, to mar, the, mar the model, but then also the backside of it is really good for removing mold lines, especially on plastic or resin. Yeah, and I will, I will say um, something that's started to enter my repertoire a lot more than X-Acto knife uh, is the, the, the P – or not the, the P – the GW uh, mold line remover tool. Um, it's a little bit bigger – uh, than an exacto knife, so you're not going to be able to get into those fine areas sometimes. Uh, so you'll still want that exacto knife around. But I have found that this thing works so much better than an exacto knife when removing those plastic mold lines because of the fact that it does not leave the scratching that a, an exacto knife can lead when you're p- trying to remove those mold lines. Well, that's that's why you use the back of the exacto. Even, you don't use the and blade. I never did, yeah, no, I always use the back. But even with the back, sometimes you, you can get marring from it uh i you know it, it's 
it, usually it's with softer plastics. I find like the uh, the Star Wars Legion old Legion plastics from their their first kits. The hard plastic ones are a little bit better, but like that those mm-hmm. softer plastics. Uh, Malifaux models I ran into the issues with. While West Exodus models I ran into the issue with. Uh, so those softer plastics, I would find that my Exacto knife would uh, would sometimes mar the plastic, even using the backside of it. Where this this uh, hobby knife or this uh, GW sculpting or uh, mold line remover tool doesn't. And, and honestly, like it's, it's very easy to use. It's, it's, uh, it's shaped well. It's, it's a nice tool. And I've used it almost exclusively on all these uh, Marines that I've been building uh, lately. Good tip. All right, guys, we've got a couple left. Um, one of them is a texture spreader from it's a Citadel tool. It looks like a gimmick of a thing, um, but if you've ever used texture paint, we've talked about texture paint. You will have heard our episode all about that base. Uh, and if you're making bases, you need a texture spreader. Um, yeah, in, I need to invest in that. In honestly, valuable. I just cannot believe it's because I think it's it's both the shape of both sides and the flexibility on both sides. It's yep. just an incredible piece of kit. I was I, when I bought it the first time. I, w- I thought it was odd that that it was so flexible on both ends. But now that I've used it several times, I get why it's yeah. It needs that, that flexibility. That Being flex. too rigid would would not work. Yep, it's great. Just a great tool. I'm not going to say anything more about it other than you should have it and you should use it when you're using texture paint. That's it. You'll figure out why immediately. Yep. Uh, it makes spreading texture paint. Very easy, and it also like you can do all sorts of things like just tap down on it, and as you tap, some of it sticks to it, and it makes a really nice uh, pattern and natural pattern to the the uh, the texture itself. So it's just it's a very very good like for stippling, right? It's very mm-hmm. good, Hi- highly recommended. Uh, so the last one, magnets. Um, I know, you know, a lot of people like foam. I'm a magnet guy. So for me, magnets are the way I will scream magnets from the rooftops, man. They are the best, um, for transporting models. I use neodymium rare earth magnets. You can get them on Amazon or from lots of places online. If you just search rare earth magnets, rare earth magnets, uh, the magnet baron is a person in the 40 K community, um, that has lots of magnet accessories and magnets you can buy. Um, but I highly recommend neodymium rare earth magnets. And in the, the varieties that I like them are five millimeter by one millimeter, eight millimeter by one millimeter and eight millimeter by two millimeter. And these magnets are really good for going to the bottom of your bases and then sticking to uh, sheet metal, cake pans, magnetic cases, all sorts of things for transporting your models. Uh, and then you can also buy even smaller ones like two by one millimeter for doing things like magnetizing gun arms and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, so, that's one I want to look into next with the – now that GW started making a lot of these multi-part kits, the – that's definitely something I'm looking for. The the what you said with the gun arms. I've never really done it in the past, and I want to try that out now. Yeah, really good. Like I was looking at getting into either Adeptus Titanicus at some point or uh, Warcaster, obviously, and those both require really require magnetizing. Yep. So that you can keep your collection good, and you don't the, have to buy multiple models. Were the were the Neo Mechanica models? Weren't they set up so this way they're very easy to put uh, magnets in? You still I, have to drill out the holes. That. You have to drill out the holes. Yeah. Still, okay. But I believe like but, there's like they're they're marred or like they're no they're pretty- they're sculpted with surface area so that you can make I okay, think it's five it's five millimeters at every contact point for everything where you would have multiple weapon options. They were at least and, designed in with the with the intent of you magnetizing them. That's right. But but like. Uh, Adeptus Titanicus, the holes are there. Like there are there are spots to just glue magnets into the arms. Gotcha. Uh, they, See, I thought, they I thought that's what I, I thought that's what Privateer had no, done. No, no, Doug Hamilton, Maybe I think, thinking- showed that they they're not pre-drilled. You still have to do a little work, but the every one of them has a very obvious space where you drill your magnets, and there's enough room. Sure, that kind of stinks because I know I've known uh, Privateer in the past has actually done it with like Bethane and Belfagor. That model was designed, and it it came with its own magnets. Which was awesome, and it was sculpted and built in a way for you to put the magnets in it because the models were uh, interchangeable with how you did things with the with the caster. 
That's awesome that they did that, but it's, I don't think it's like that for, for Warcaster. Anyway, though, Magnus, man, they're awesome. All right, guys. So we've talked about all our stuff. So now I want to mm-hmm. talk about if you guys have any secret tech. I'm sort of surprising you guys with this. I have one. Um, so my thing that I would recommend every single hobbyist to buy that we haven't talked about so far, because we talked about all the obvious stuff, is makeup brushes. Oh boy, go buy a set of makeup brushes. So you can go to Target. Uh, really, that's why I recommend Target. <laughs> Target's the best, or Walmart. Those are the best places to get them. Um, and get yourself a cheap set of makeup brushes. You go to the makeup section and you'll find them immediately. There are lots of sizes of them. Really, what you want is a set of round makeup brushes in different sizes. And what you want this for is dry brushing. There is no better tool for dry brushing than makeup brushes. I will never go back ever in my life to anything other than makeup brushes for dry brushing. It's the only dry brush technique that I've ever found that leaves a consistent surface without too much like cloudiness that you get from dry brushing with what people usually use, which is like old, crusty, stiff brushes. Uh They just don't do the same style work that makeup brushes do. So buy a set of makeup brushes. Trust me, mine are bright pink and girly AF. Uh, I, I, I love bought, them. I bought one on your recommendation. It's a huge MFR. Um, so I think I need, I wasn't trying to buy the kit. So maybe I need to go get the kit one. Well, a big MFR is great for terrain. Right. Yeah. This one's a big mamma jamma. Cause I was going to try your, your secret, uh, your secret hack for uh, contrast painting. Yeah. You need a smaller one. I'll take you a picture of the size that I use for okay. doing, for doing those exact models. It's a much smaller makeup brush. Um, but man does a lot of work. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I've got from a tools perspective. I don't think I've got any secret hacks that I do. I think most of my stuff is pretty mainstream. How about you, Paul? You got any extra tricks in the tricks of the trade? Uh, I swear by my paintbrush holder. It is the dumbest thing I ever bought, and I would go back and buy it a million times. Well, um, that's actually a really good I've, point. You should talk about why it's good to have that from a drawing perspective for the brushes. Sure. Well, and, and, and that's just it. Like, I bought it specifically for being able to hang the paintbrushes, right? So this way, clean them. You know, condition them, hang them so this way the the tip is down so all the water drips out instead of dripping back into the, feral. the what do you guys call the it? Feral. The, the feral. The feral hog. Um, so it doesn't drip back into the feral hog and uh, you know ruin your brush and and splay the splay the tip. Right. So that was why I originally bought it. And this this thing's like shitty like prison grade tin cup. I was like, it looks like a tuna can with some wires attached to it. Man, like a tuna can totally outclasses this thing in quality. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, like, if you think of like, you know, like an old school, like prison movie and guys banging tin cups on a, on the bars, that's exactly what this thing is. Um, and so then it's just like, I don't know, got these like arms with, with the spring at the top and the brushes just sit in the spring. Uh, but what's really cool about it is that it's got the, the cup at the bottom and it's got this little wire, almost like a basket in there. Um, and it took me a while before I figured out what this was, but you put water in it. And then when you're trying to get your paint off of your brush, you just drag the brush over, over the wire. Yep. It's like a over the little, little basket, cheese grater right? kind of so, thing that pulls the paint off. Yeah. Yeah. So it pulls the paint off. So you're not like stirring it in your cup and then dragging it across your paper towel to get the paint off and then ruining your brush. So this little like, I don't know, three, four dollar thing that I got at Michael's a decade ago is, my secret tech. There you go. No, that's great. Everybody should go and buy one. It is. It'll change your life. I recommend it. I also the the, the my, so I have a lot of paintbrushes, and the paintbrushes the way that I hang them is I use my clamps, clamps. and I have a piece of cork on my hobby desk, and I put a thumbtack into the cork, and then I put the clamp at the end of the brush, and then hang the clamp on the thumbtack. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, I'm and actually holds the brushes tip down. 
I'm actually looking at uh, making my own uh, wall-mounted uh, paint rack to hold all my paints in. And one of the sections on the rack is going to be an area for me to put all my brushes so that when I'm done Cramps. with them, I can – Well, no. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a piece of wood at the bottom and I'll put another – and then I'll put another piece of wood, you know, about five inches up, five, six inches from up from that so I can set the brushes into it and I'll drill the holes so that way they – you know, the, the brushes won't be able to wiggle around and get loose. Well, got it. Yeah. So that, that's how I'm going to do it. Anyway, yeah. So that's it. Hobby tools. Uh, final thoughts, yeah, guys. I hope this helps. Um, I hope I hope we, we were able to tell uh, tell you guys something about a tool that you may have been looking at, thinking about getting, and, and hopefully we've helped convince you to go that way out or find something that you didn't know about before and you know, help you out in your progress. Yeah, and literally all these things, I own all of them. Like it's a thing th- – these weren't like – nice to haves and some i guess some of them could be considered nice to haves but like honestly these are things you want to have because they will help your hobby eventually oh yep. one thing we yep. didn't talk about real quick dremel if you're doing any kind of metallic work where you need the hunks of uh, stuff taken off of it a cheap dremel from walmart will work great yes also for polishing um, yes yeah really good uh my my final thing is don't be afraid to hobby don't be afraid. It's fun. And if you don't like it, find a friend. Do it with them. Oh, yeah. I suppose I didn't even consider the listener that might not like painting their models and they just put them together and play. But yeah, do the hobby part, man. The hobby part is great. If you need a friend, come find me. I'll, I'll do it. I like hobbying. I'll be your yeah, friend. Yeah, we do some hobby hangouts. Yeah, man. That's it. That's I like that final thought. I like both those final right. thoughts. Cool. Uh, well, thank you to all of our patrons for all of your support. It means the world to us. It is wonderful. Uh, it is why Kevin sounds so wonderful in your ears this week because of the mic that you guys have, uh, provided for us, essentially. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, and then thank you to Stack as a City for the music at the top and bottom of the show. And also come join us on our Discord. Uh, it's a great community. It's a wonderful community, and you definitely want to be a part. And then you can find us on social media. Our Twitter account and our Instagram account are growing. Uh, we're starting to get a lot of followers, so thank you for following us there. Um, so we we appreciate that. Uh, you can find out any kind of news that we have or, or mostly what we've been uh, hobbying about because we like sharing our pictures of, of what we're all working on. Uh, and then... I think that covers it. So thanks. Thanks for listening. Oh, uh, since I keep forgetting this, Chris, do you have anything you would like to uh, say about your favorite superhero? Uh, son of a bitch. You know, <laughs> in exchange for this really nice uh, uh, Pano military orders patch that I'm, I'm holding right Captain now. Captain America is the best. Yeah, we got it. And on that, guys, you heard it here. Chris said Captain America is the best. Bye!